Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of The Wise Man's Fear and then we discuss it in excruciating detail. This is page 499 of how the king and queen held depraved orgies in their private gardens, hidden from the eyes of the royal court. Even Brayden made an appearance. He was said to conduct pagan rituals in the secluded woods outside his northern estates. They were described with such extravagant and meticulous detail that I wondered if they weren't copied directly from the pages of some old Aturan romance. I read well into the evening and was only halfway through the stack of stories when I finished the bottle of wine. I was just about to send a runner for another when I heard the soft hush of air from the other room that announced Alvarin's entrance into my chambers through his secret passage. I pretended to look surprised when he entered the room. Good afternoon, your grace, I said as they came to my feet. Sit if you wish, he said shortly. I remained standing out of deference as I'd learned it was better to err on the side of formality with the mayor. How are things progressing with your lady, I asked. From Stape's excited gossip, I knew matters were rapidly coming to a close. We pledged a formal troth today, he said distractedly. Signed papers and all, it's done. If you'll forgive me for saying so, your grace, you don't seem very pleased. He gave a sour smile. I suppose you've heard about the trouble on the roads of late. Only rumors, your grace. He snorted. Rumors I have been trying to keep quiet. Someone has been waylaying my tax collectors on the north road. That was serious. Collectors, your grace, I asked, stressing the plural. How much have they managed to take? The mayor gave me a stern look that let me know the impropriety of my question. Enough. More than enough. This is the fourth I've had go missing. Over half of my northern taxes taken by highwaymen. He gave me a serious look. The lackless lands are in the north, you know. You think the lacklaces are waylaying your collectors? He gave me a stunned look. What? No, no, it's bandits in the Eld. I blushed a little in embarrassment. Have you sent out patrols, your grace? Of course I've sent out patrols, he snapped. I've sent a dozen. They haven't found so much as a campfire. He paused and looked at me. I suspect someone in my guard is in league with them. His expression was grave. I assume your grace has given your collectors escorts. Two apiece, he said. Do you know how much it costs to replace a... To replace a what? We'll never know because the page is over. My name's Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. And I have a thing. So you know how we were talking about uh, who Master Ash was? And like, I was like sort of fenceting about like Brayden, Cinder, whatever, but also pagan rituals, Brayden and pagan rituals. I know. Isn't it great? And sure, it's in the same breath as all these other spurious rumors, but... I mean, if he did have to say contact uh, the Lord of Shadows who bears the Shadows Hame, uh, you know, wouldn't that look like some sort of pagan ritual? And if someone knew it, wouldn't they want to, to spill the beans however they could? I think this is another bit of truth dressed up as, as, as salacious rumor. I also can't help but wonder if the wild orgies that the king and queen are holding are uh not necessarily like wild orgies but are perhaps uh like genuine sinister meetings with with dark forces i don't know they're a king and a queen i'm betting they're wild orgies why not yeah i mean probably yeah why not i'm thinking about the uh what was it called the the soul kitchen or whatever that that everyone at pizzagate thought was like a, a a cannibalism ritual or whatever you know what it was actually just like an, an art piece oh no there was this thing where um Hillary Clinton and like a bunch of uh, wealthy people and high ranking Democrats went to this art exhibit that was called like soul kitchen or something like that. And and it was this famous artist who like did a performance show and this somehow got translated 
in various circles into these people are all doing pagan rituals involving blood sacrifice and stuff like that. So uh, I think this is possibly an example of like, again, like a little bit of truth spinning out into something absolutely wild and, and fanning the flames of story. This is also interestingly what's happening here uh, with Quoth reading these rumors is also kind of like the, the point of this book writ small. This book is all about how, the mundane incidences get spun into the stuff of myth. And this is sort of like the other direction. It's these, uh, you know, small scandals or embarrassments getting spun into massive issues that decide the fate of nations, especially when you're this powerful. I, I think that that's all correct. I think another thing that calls attention to the Braden rumor and makes us pay attention to it is exactly kind of how Quoth dismisses it. He says, they were described with such with such extravagant and meticulous detail that I wondered if they weren't copied from an Aturan romance. Whereas the fact that they're described in extravagant and meticulous detail kind of makes me think, well, that doesn't sound like a rumor. Like if they can describe like exactly, you know, what these rituals entail, that sounds like someone saw them. You know, whereas like they don't have extravagant and meticulous detail about the depraved orgies or about the, the guy beating his dinner guests, you know. And allow me to guess and that, Jeremy, if it is the same, uh, if as Quoth implies, it is the same things that you might find in an old Aturan romance. What if it's the old magic? What if it's the same kind of stuff that the Aturan romances, which are presumably, you know, the classics are are mimicking? What if it's the same old magic that Brayden is doing as they were talking about in those old romances? Mm, and that's why indeed. they're so similar. Indeed. Uh, I would like to point out that the mayor is utterly unconcerned with the fact that he's getting married. Yes, well, it's just another part of their to-do list. That's right. It's utterly transactional. Nothing uh, romantic about it. Either that or just he's had his romantic fun and now he's bored. And yet, if your contention is still that the mayor and Stapes are somehow in a relationship, the fact that Stapes is excitingly gossiping about the mayor getting married kind of uh, pokes a hole in that little theory. Because I, I think know, it could you, be a cover. Yeah, I guess so. But that's that's an awful lot of, of layers. It could be that Stapes knows how these things work and uh, the way to spread the story that the mayor is extremely happy and jazzed about the marriage is to put them in the ears of various courtiers. Do you not think here that the simplest explanation for the mayor not seeming excited is because he's worried about bandits? I mean, no. I'm, it's possible, but it's way less fun. Uh, I have another observation is that Quoth, so first off, I think it's interesting to note that Quoth is two bottles of wine deep, so he's a little drunk, and narrator Quoth does not remind us of this. Oh. He's one bottle of wine deep. He didn't have time to order the second one before the mayor showed up. I'd started a second bottle of wine and uh, when I finished the bottle of wine. So he has, in fact, drunk two bottles of wine. When does he start? When does he start the second bottle? In the first page of this uh, chapter, on the, in the paragraph when he reads about Natalia Lackless, he the, the text says, I'd started a second bottle of wine by the time I read that young Natalia Lackless. La, 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 la. On this page, I read well into the evening. It was only halfway through the sacrifice when I finished the bottle of wine. That's the second bottle of wine. He is two bottles deep. 
Uh, as I was saying before you interrupted me, in your face, big disgrace, you're kicked out of the human race. You know what? I stand corrected. I will take my exile <laughs> among the deviant peoples and I will plot my revenge. Uh, he, <laughs> he, he's a little bit drunk. Uh, he doesn't tell us that. Uh, oftentimes, uh, Narrator Quoth likes to remind us when he's buzzed, especially if it means he makes a mistake. But uh, he does not make any mistakes here, but he perhaps his tongue is a little bit looser, which is why he says a few of these things. Perhaps he's more inclined to 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 take up a rather uh, in, uh, impossible task without asking too many questions beforehand. Yes, that could be part of it. I'd also like to uh, suggest that the first thing Quoth thinks is that the Lacklaces are waylaying the tax collectors. Uh, could be true. As I said many times, I think that Mellow and Lackless is perhaps a not so good. And uh, I would like to begin to nurse a theory that uh, there is a conspiracy afoot wherein Mellow and Lackless has been dispatched to put herself in line for the the marriage, uh, no pun intended, while her uh, uncle or possibly father, I forget who he is, uh, Achilles Lackless, perhaps in league with some Chandronoids, uh, begins to uh, put pressure on uh, the mayor fiscally, perhaps even assembling a war chest of their own. Intriguing. Mm-hmm. Certainly possible. Is there anything else we want to talk about on this page? I am out of things. I'm uh, just, out I want to just remind ourselves that um, the mayor suspects a mole. Uh, and this is the first we've heard of it, I believe. We already know there was... You know, someone who's been run out of town, uh, Codicus, was, you know, certainly in prime mole position. I'm surprised he doesn't bring him up here. Uh, but presumably, based on the way this conversation goes, the mole is still still present. And as far as I know, not resolved by the end of uh, the book. So let's keep an eye on that. All right. Well, I guess we'll just All have right. to keep our eye on it until tomorrow's page. Uh, the Wind. Wind.